Welcome to Radio TFS, episode number 93. This is Greg Duncan. And this is understudy co-host Martin Woodward. <laughs> How you doing? Thanks for, good. Thanks for joining the show, Martin. It's good to hear from you again. You're welcome. I had a, I had a couple of weeks <laughs> off on holiday and you're fine. There's a show without me. It's brilliant. <laughs> and Angela was an excellent host, though, from what I hear. I heard oh. good reports over Twitter, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. She was outstanding, and she was all stressing about it before and after and during. But, uh, man, she was a natural. Yeah. It, it was great. So we'll definitely have to have her back. If she'll have us. We'll come back anytime, Angela. Yep, yep. And, you know, all of our co-hosts, I, I'm starting a new tradition. Um, any of our guest hosts, at least, I've been sending them Radio TFS stickers, and oh, Angela got hers. Good man. So uh, if, if you are at the local user group where Angela is going, you make sure you ask her for your Radio TFS sticker. Willie, I've got yours. Um, I promised to send you some, and the envelope kept coming back and back. You know, sending it to Canada from the United States, you never know how much postage, and it came back like three times. So I'm going <laughs> to run this to the UPS. Actually, go to the post office and have them actually weigh it and put the right postage on it. But I, I swear I'm holding them, and I'm going to send you an extra 10 too, so you'll get 20 stickers to share with the Rangers. You should send, uh, me, uh, send me his address, Greg, and then I'll send some stickers from the UK and we'll see who gets there. <laughs> well, at this point, because I've been trying to get these to him for like three weeks, I'm going to overnight it just, you know, God. just to get them to I feel bad. I know. I mean, he's getting stickers for free and all, but, but can, still. And everybody on the show can buy their own as well. We'll include a link to the sticker mule site uh, in the show notes. But yeah, if you want to buy, cool. if you want to wear your own Radio's TFS sticker with pride and pretend you're a co-host. Then feel free. <laughs> hey, we've we've been uh, busy the past. You know, I got back off holiday and straight into it. So it's been a it's been a hectic week over here. So uh, we shipped a bunch. Of yeah, stuff. we've got a lot of news this week. We're going to go fast, everybody. But um, I'm sure everybody listening, all you out there, know what the big news was this week: the Visual Studio 2015 launch. Um, we were going to start off with the first post from Willie. Speaking of Willie, he's actually did a good uh, roll up, a roundup uh, of, of uh, many of the different news sources and resources and places to download uh, additional news releases because we know that uh, Visual Studio 2015 launched, ASP.NET 4.6 launched, .NET Framework 4.6 launched, um, Node Tools 1.1 RC came out. TypeScript 1.1 came out. The GitHub extension for VS 2015 shipped. The Visual Studio emulator for Android. Python Tools Visual Studio for Visual Studio 2.2. Uh, Azure SDK 2.7. Uh, a lot of releases. A bunch of the betas for ASP.NET 5. Uh, Entity Framework 7. Yeah, it was a lot of releases. Yeah, sure was. It's been uh, been very busy. Did you watch the event as well? I watched. Uh, I, I sure did. Uh-huh. I sure did. Uh, which, if you guys missed it, you didn't miss it. We'll have the links in the show notes. But the whole event, not just the keynote, but there was a number of interviews and sessions, as well as just standalone sessions, like three pages on Channel Nine of sessions. They're all available for you to watch on demand. Yeah. And um, we'll obviously include the link to those in the show notes. We'll actually include a link as well. Beth Massey, who, who's on my team now, um, she did a great sort of behind the scenes post. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll include, I'll put a link there as well to it. Uh, but it was a good, um, a good sort of backstage what it was like being, you know, being the team and a summary of what was released and things like that. So it's quite good. Uh, Rich, um, 
uh, Campbell did a great thing on the humanitarian toolbox stuff. I thought it was particularly good. I enjoyed that session a lot. And I, I know I work with Bill Wagner quite a bit um, on the .NET Foundation side. So, you know, as much, as much props as we can give to the humanitarian toolbox guys as possible, it's awesome work that they do. So what was about this? I mean, we've been talking about this release for a while. Yeah. Um, what didn't get released? This well, time? so, you know, the Windows um, Universal stuff, that's not coming out until the end of July, you know, basically until after Windows ships, which is fair enough. Right. Um, and then the uh, the ASP.NET stuff is all in, you know, uh, it's not like RTA, you know, the ASP.NET 5 and things like that. So obviously, uh, TFS 2015 RTM didn't ship, as everybody knows. Uh, it was the, um, R, you know, it's the RC2 right now that was released, few, you know, a while ago. Um, it's very close, apparently, and hopefully, you know, we'll be seeing the RTM of that very, very soon. Um, then there was the ASP.NET 5 stuff in preview as well. Um, but uh, no, apart from that, this is a, a heck of a lot went out the door. So it's more than you can keep in touch with anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, so... Even though that TFS 2015 is close and didn't ship, TFS 2013 update five did ship. Yeah. Yep. So that, so that's good. Yeah. So we can we can look to apply that. <sighs> yeah. So in this release of of TFS, what's the coolest feature? Do you think? Um. So for TFS, for me, there's there's two areas that I notice in particular. Um, all the in the agile planning area, you know, like all the boards <laughs> and all the charts and things. Those task boards have got a heck of a lot easier to use now. Um, and be able to just you know be stay in the task board editing items and moving them around and changing columns and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, we did a huge amount of changes in. Um, with the licensing since the last mm-hmm. major release. Now that got rolled back to TFS 2013 in terms of like stakeholder licensing. So the stuff you were talking about the other week, uh, you know, why you went, why the, com- one of the reasons the company went to Jira was because it was easier to license it. Well, now obviously, um, you can very easily have a, you know, everybody in your company can access work items and things like that. But new with TFS 2015, um, the CAL, the server to client access license, which is like 500. Right or something or is it used to yeah um no yeah retails 499 yeah well that give, and that gives you access to all of like the agile planning features and the charting and team rooms and all that stuff used to actually require um a premium license or test professional because it was really uh, when i was trying to when you know when we were trying to sell this to the java customers this was a really annoying thing because we were you know we were showing them all this stuff and then it was like right how do we buy it we'll go buy a test professional it's like huh <laughs> So now it's available with a TFS cow. So your TFS cow gives you access to all that stuff. So that's, you know, that's good value. That's actually quite good value. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the version control side, um, there was a lot more catch up done between uh, TFEC and the Git stuff. So the Git stuff like was catching up to some of the features around that have been in TFEC for ages. Um, especially around, we'll cover it a bit later on in the show, but around branch policies and around the pull request functionality. So pull requests got backported in just TFS 20. Update four, um, and there's more stuff in TFS update five. But the 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 the, the pull request functionality in TFS twenty uh, fifteen's you know extremely good and um, allows you to you know define say on a particular um, branch uh, you might want to set a policy so um, you can only merge this you can only 
accept allow the pull request to to work so to, to be able to move code from say your release branch in from your dev branch into your release branch only enable that after the build has successfully passed and two people have given it a code review that's positive and one of them is bill down the corridor because he owns this particular piece of you know so you can you can, right. you can configure all those rules and you know if you really want to make it impossible for developers to get do any work done you know but at least uh, all these policies and things actually are baked in now into the product and you can do that so to me the the pull request functionality uh they enhance around and then it doesn't it's a visual studio feature the enhancements around team explorer were pretty mm-hmm. good a lot of functionality improved in team explorer both um you know, on the work on the the work item tracking side, but also in the version control side, especially uh, you know, again, Git catching up with TFVC. Um, so, so it's pretty. Uh, they were my favorite bits. How about you? I, I think the the big one is is the rename. Oh, I, I'm yeah. running in. Yeah, I'm running into that right now. Where our dev team we started at two, and now we're at, like at seventeen, and we're splitting into multiple teams. But all of our code was in, you know, a single TFS collection, and now we're creating our CFS project. Now we're creating multiple projects, and the rename of the other one is gone. And you know, we've just got this legacy of stuff that you know, old names that you just could never change. You were just stuck with that project name that you had for forever. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, we've talked about rename before and how it's the the highest uh, requested uh, user voice feature. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, again, I, I'm seeing that now, and the fact that they backported it in um, Visual Studio 2012, 2013, 2015. Um, th- that's actually kind of the coolest. And yeah, all the web stuff that that's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, we'll talk about the licensing change. We talked about licensing change even more. But the fact that you know Team Explorer everywhere used to be distributed, so people could access the TFS stuff um, because there wasn't really at the time uh, a superior web interface to do it. Well, now they've made the change that you know the web interface should be the default interface for people who are sorry i'm having a cat issue here get away cat (laughs) um that the web interface is the superior interface for most people accessing tfs so they're pushing to make that the default interface and not even deploying team explorer anywhere uh not uh (laughs) easy for me to say i got all excited yeah um the team explorer client uh team explorer Mm -hmm. Team Explorer everywhere is available standalone, but the Team Explorer, which was uh, used the Visual Studio shell, um, that was you know the the light version, just so you could access that. They're no longer deploying that standalone. Now I'm just I'm just looking actually because I'm trying to see if the um, the object model because it didn't used to be that the object model was downloadable as a separate download. You know the TFS object model is that available as a separate download? I've not seen that yet. That's a good because it used to be if you wanted the SDK. I'm just trying to find out now. You know, if you wanted the SDK (laughs) but you didn't, then you had to explore Team Explorer. You know, Uh, I'm just trying to see. That's a good point. I mean, I've actually written a a custom application for work that uses the the API. Yeah, I'll have to have a look. I'll look into that. Well, why why don't we look into that and get back to you on the about that? one of the other news items that, you know, this one, back in the day, a thousand years ago, you could create these cool installer projects in Visual Studio, like 2010, 
Um, and they would just, you know, help you quickly and easy create an MSI. And because for a lot of business people, that's how we deployed our applications in, in many cases. Um, and then 2012 came and they pulled it and, and those went away. And that caused a great deal of angst, including with myself. I, I was rather upset about that. And I'm sure I've talked about that here on the show. The team heard that 2013 came out. Eventually, a an installer project Visual Studio extension was released. An official one from Microsoft was released, and it was free. But there was a lag. Team learned. They did the you know retrospectives. Um, basically, the day after, you know, yeah, the day after Visual Studio 2015 shipped, the Visual Studio 2015 installer project extension shipped as well. So if you want to create a quick MSI of your Visual Studio 2015 project. The installer project is in the gallery right now. You can install it. It's free. It's, you know, it's a simple tool, but sometimes that's all you need is just to create a simple installer. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, if you want the more ex- more expansive stuff, then, you know, do look at Wix as well, which is still getting updated and is very, it, it was Microsoft's first open source project and it's still in a highly active yeah. open source project. And is, is that's the way, that's the way the Visual Studio installer, that's what it's written in. Yep. It's written in Wix and so is the Office ones and things like that. So, yeah. Yep. Um, hey, speaking of, we, we talked a little bit about the license changes that we're going through. Probably worth just recapping you know, what What else has happened with licensing? So Team Explorer is gone as a standalone thing. Um, and we mentioned about agile planning and chart authoring teams and team hub going into the cow. Something else that's come out now is the um, the, the storyboarding stuff um, is uh, free. So you basically don't need a TFS cow anymore, as far as I understand it. It's just um, you can just install it um, and it's going to be store, uh, separately installable. Um, it's in if you install Visual Studio Community, then it comes in the um, the, the installer. That's right, isn't it, Greg? Right. And then you need uh, we're going to have a um, Office integration installer as part of an update one uh, thing on the TFS media. If you want to, if you want to just install the Office integration and don't want any Visual Studio, so. And I I think one of the, the greatest things of the licensing changes uh, were the TFS related uh, visual studio changes. Mm. Code lens is available for professional and above code lens. It's awesome. I I whined about that when that was first coming out too, but Oh my God, once you get it and start using it, you never want to let it go. Yeah. Uh, More importantly, I think is code review. The fact that has gone all the way down into visual studio community. Um, so the code review experience, I mean, it was, it was just, it was really odd that the, we had code review, which is a TFVC code review feature. And that was, you needed like a premium version of Visual Studio to get that. But then over on the Git side, pull request, which is the equivalent, but it's only web only. That was kind of free to everybody with a TFS cow. You know, that was a bit odd. So I'm glad they fixed that. <laughs> and the my work feature came down as well. Uh, to VS right. Professional, not not to Community, but to VS Professional. No, I'm really pleased that the code reviews come all the way down. That's uh, that, that that again, it's people who you know people, there was like a bunch of concern a while ago about TFVC and Git and things, and I know I think we're seeing. I think we're seeing them follow through on their words in that they're trying to keep things, you know, they're trying to get them to parity, but then keep them in parity. And if that means like fixing the licensing to give TFVC people more features, because that's what the Git people got the equivalents of, and then they're doing that. So uh, that's good. It gives me, gives me hope. Yeah. And the trickle down features, 
they continue with that too. And that's a good, you know, we tried on the expensive ones and then if there's the pickup and it sticks, they trickle down. I mean, this is, they continually do that. Yeah, not to mention, we should probably re-mention, we've we've mentioned it before on the show, but the whole Visual Studio Enterprise thing, you know, so Visual Studio Ultimate's gone away now and it's kind of Visual Studio Enterprise and uh, that's a lot cheaper than Visual Studio Ultimate was. um... Yeah, that's going to save my day job a lot of money. I was the only Ultimate in the house. Everybody else was premium. So is now everybody going to be on Enterprise? Is that how it's going to work? Exactly. Everybody gets all of the cool you know, uh, premium and ultimate features cool. uh, and new people that we're bringing on, even though enterprise is a little bit more expensive, the features that they're getting for that is, you know, outstanding along with all the Azure, mm-hmm. you know, features, just that feature set is pretty cool. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Cool. Hey, uh, while well, we're just uh, covering off some of those things. So um, we mentioned team project rename. You were, you mentioned it as one of your favorite things. Mm-hmm. It's worth mentioning. Um, so, uh, Project rename kind of, you know, you need to get some updates. So you need to update five of Visual Studio 2013 and update. I think there's an update of Visual, you know, Visual Studio 2012 as well. Um, Correct. But for it to work, you need to get the updates properly for it to work properly. But um, the the main one is um, around local workspace support. So server workspace, if you're using TFVC server workspaces, then basically you're kind of fine. There is some client changes, that needed, <laughs> but there's some, there's some magic that happens in the server to try and make it a bit better. But on the client side for local workspaces, you need to install the updates. And um, well, they've got updates for every version of Visual Studio that's, that, that has had local workspaces. So um, just go install those. Yeah, and that's funny too. I I couldn't figure out local workspaces a thousand years ago on our show. Now that I've got it and use it every day, I again would not leave it. It's just it just works. Yeah, I remember when so. we were talking about it as a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we were talking about build as a new thing. So. <laughs> Um, and then while I wanted to finish off one other thing while we're doing the, the public safety announcement sort of thing, uh, around, mm-hmm. um, the, the, they've finally like written up the, um, TFS, uh, compatibility stuff. So basically it's compatible with, if you use it, if you were using TFS 2013, then you're going to be fine. You know, TF, upgrading TFS 2015 is going to be pretty easy for you. Um, and the clients are all, you know, all the clients you care about are compatible if you're talking to TFS 2013 already. So, um, any, any win, any Vista people out there? Sorry about this. You know, you're probably going to have to stick with TFS 2010 for now. But, uh, there we go. Apart from that, you, you're good to go, I think. Is that, is that about, is that was, is that a fair summary? Yeah. 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 I was really happy to see this, even though I'd, I'd heard it just to see it on msdn.com, you know, imstandmicrosoft.com and, and see it in print was good. It, sigh of relief. I was really kind of worried about the SQL Server versions was one of the, yeah. And, uh, OS versions, but uh, you know, if you're on, if you're compatible with 2013 update two, you're compatible with TFS 2015. So yeah, this is one of the uh, huge advantages of having a cloud service is that it's their problem to worry about now. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't, they can't just say, oh yeah, just everybody upgrade, you know. So uh, no, it's really good. And like build agent, it's like just staff things like the build agent compatibility still working and things like that. So you don't have to, you can upgrade your server without having to go upgrade all your build agents you know and you don't have to do these big bang upgrades you can you can just take the weekend get your server upgraded and come in monday morning and nobody really knows and then you can go and get everybody else upgraded you know and go and get those latest shiny bits rolled out over time once you've upgraded your server 
that would be the way I would recommend people go about. Would you, would you, Greg? Get your, you know, as as a central administration, get your server upgraded as quickly as you can, and just just separate it out from the Visual Studio rollout. Roll that out on a completely separate timeline. They're inter, well, inter interdependent. You know, to be honest, okay. I think I'm going to wait till TFS 2015 update one. Okay. I just want because um, I, I I will probably do the horrible thing and update it in place. Yeah. Um, I'll have backups, but I won't, you know, do a test roll. Angela was pretty insistent. She was, ex you know, very disciplined. And, no, you do it a backup on another machine, and then you do your update there, and then you do all that testing. Well, you know, I've got the one server. We've got four, five collections. They're all relatively small. Well, uh, she gets paid to you know, that people. She gets paid to make sure there are no problems, you know. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, I'm not going to rush. And again, also because unfortunately we're not use we're only using right now like a tenth of TFS. We're using it for version control, uh, and that's it. I I'm rolling out uh, continuous integration here next week, but for my projects at least. But yeah, so there's no huge rush except for maybe the rename. Mm -hmm. uh, that might be the thing that pushes me to upgrade sooner than later. Fascinating. Uh, one last thing I wanted yeah. to talk about that matrix, that support matrix, is if you scroll down, it's not only you know what servers and TFS, but it's also the client matrix as well. So if you've got Visual Studio 2005 and you're using it, there's a matrix uh, about three quarters of the way down the page that says, okay, what versions of TFS does it support and how do you connect it? Same with 2008, 2010, 2012, and and what levels of support and that kind of stuff. So if you if you're running those old versions in house, and I know I'm looking at you, I know you do, you can use this matrix to try to figure out what features and capabilities are going to be available uh, for the different TFS versions. Well, and the team understand you're not running it because you want to in particular. You know, you're running it because we're <laughs> making you, because like the version of BizTalk or Dynamics or whatever you want to talk yeah. about requires a particular version of Visual Studio. So, you know, they're, they're very, very, very aware of this and being an issue. So they try and make it. They try and have a solution. Right. So we were talking about some of those new features, mm -hmm. um, and Visual Studio Online is continually updating. It's rather ironic, you know, just the the number, the big bang features of 2015. 20, uh, VSO has been getting them every three weeks ish or so. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the features that uh, Jeff Bramwell talks about, and that um, Brian demoed, mm. because he's like one of those people. You got the cards. Everybody's doing some sort of backlog, some sort of board, some sort of Kanban board. Um, and you were talking about how it's so easy just to drag and drop and move things around. Uh, and I yeah, totally agree with that. Unfortunately, again, we're doing it in, in the evil J, but, um, it, it really is really easy, but sometimes you want your cards to look different. Mm -hmm. You know, if all your cards looked the same, they're all blue, you know, there's no visual kind of indicator as to, um, uh, let me see, what are the different, you can, uh, based off the fields, mm -hmm. uh, like maybe the area, uh, you know, you just want to change the color to make yeah, it really you can configure it. So it doesn't have to be like bugs are red and stories are blue or anything. You can, you can say if it's like test, if it's, you know, in this, if it's in this area type or if it's assigned to this kind of area, then make it this color. You get to control the rules. Right, right. And not only just the colors, but the fields that show up on the cards as well. That yeah. was the thing Brian showed off the area. You know, area is really important. So they show that up on, on the cards. Um, and this is all done via the, the VSO website. 
Um, there's no XML that you're parsing or, you know, anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I definitely like that. I have to say, if you're going to, yeah, if you're going to watch, you know, we, we put in the link into the videos, um, in the show notes. If you're going to watch, like, if you want the minimum, I would catch Brian's show because Brian always packs right. a huge amount of stuff into his demos. You know, there's no fluff in his, one of his sessions. And then but Brian's and Beth's are the two that I would kind of watch. I don't know about you. They, they were like my two information packed <laughs> sessions. Beth is great. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's great. Yeah, we're talking about Beth Massey and her demo. Yep. Uh, she, she was great. But she just but, went through again, so much stuff so quickly. I was like, wow, we did that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I was talking to her yesterday about it. So, yeah, I had to learn all that stuff because I didn't know. <laughs> oh, that was so. uh, and also, make sure again, thanks, Jeff, for uh, yeah. uh, posting this post. Yep. Posting this post. Oh, hey. Real quick. I had one. Go ahead. I had one other, like, um, things. Well, you know, we, we did mention this the other day about Team mm-hmm. Explorer Everywhere RTMing. Um, and we, we talked about where it was downloaded, but just to say that Brian actually blogged about it now. Uh, so that was good. And it, I, I was quite glad to see that the features he mentioned in his blog post were the ones that I talked about. So, <laughs> phew. <laughs> so you didn't leak anything. That's yeah, good. Yeah, no, exactly. No, and normally the, the rule of thumb is don't say anything until it appears on Brian's blog. So, uh, yeah, there we go. Never mind. But no, it's all there. So that's good news. So you're, are, are you in Visual Studio much? Are you in the IDE, IDE or as being an executive director means you're not coding much? Um, I am in it probably more than I used to be, to be honest, because I used to be in Eclipse more awesome. than Visual Studio. Um, so no, I am in it quite a bit. And then, yeah, I am probably spend uh, equal amounts of time between uh, Outlook and Visual Studio nowadays. So hey-ho, but uh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, actually sounds like my life too. But uh, <laughs> uh, in 2015, have, have you, when I know you guys, I'm sure you want early, you know, private betas and internal betas and all that good kind of stuff. Um, round tripping and issues like that, did you run into anything? Um, I'm doing a lot. Remember. So no, I don't. I don't remember doing. But most of my development's up in Azure, so I'm not really using the round tripping features. That hmm. But anyway. So you know, when it came out, um, Visual Studio 2015 was released Monday. Of course, immediately I go to MSDN. I uh, started downloading the bits, installed it on my work machine, uh, and immediately fire up one of my projects. Uh-huh. Well, I immediately started. You know, once it installed, I got to like the slowest work machine in the universe. But um, I fire up Visual Studio. And immediately it wants to try to sign you in. And I get this weird, the request was aborted, could not create SSL TLS secure channel. Mm. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Okay, that's weird. Because I know that works in, in 2013. Fine. Start page comes up and I get the news feed that's on the start page. But the featured videos is cannot get feed. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, that's a little bit weird. I fire up one of my uh, 2013 projects loads fine in 2015 woo, woo. round tripping was working awesome um and i go to fire it up uh go to run it and i get a weird error in one of my third-party components mm. uh, is the wpf extended toolkit uh, okay you know it was a parsing error could not find a resource error so i okay well that's a little bit weird i go to nougat and i want to i see that i was on 2.4 2.5 of the component I knew was out. So I wanted to just use NuGet because I originally hooked it with NuGet. And the uh, NuGet packet manager was giving me a, the request was aborted, could not create SSL TLS secure channel. Ah, mm. oh, crap. So I spend uh, a good deal of time because I can't let this go. Uh, Tuesday and yesterday trying to debug this. 
you know, going through all of the steps, uh, doing a repair, uh, you know, doing safe mode, doing reset settings, uh, doing some reg hacks, just, just, and of course there's reboots between all of these. And I'm like, okay. I start writing this up. I start looking at the activity log. You can do dev environment.exe slash log, and you can look at the activity log, which is an XML statement of everything gets loaded. And I can see the big red errors, and it's a .NET, you know, network stack error. I'm like, oh, okay, what's wrong? And everything in 2013 works fine. NuGet, sign in, all that stuff works. Looking at the 2015 stuff, it's only the HTTPS. Even the featured videos on the start page is using the HTTPS feed for channel nine. So definitely HTTPS was the um, central point to the air. I'm about to fire off an email to the ALM champs list. It's like, wait a minute. I, I noticed in some of the conversations that they did rework the the stack, the network stack in Visual Studio. Uh, let's look at my IE settings. Maybe that's what's causing it, even though I assume 2013 was using the same IE settings. Start playing with my IE settings, uh, added the NuGet stuff to the trusted sites, no joy. Finally, I look at the proxy settings. It's like, hey, yeah, that's right. At work, we are using a proxy. You, you know, our automatic, use automatic configuration script in the LAN connections in IE was checked. Let's uncheck that, restart Visual Studio and see what happens. Pow! Working like a champ. Mm. Like, yay, I fixed it, but I didn't really because I worked around it because we're not supposed to be not using our proxy at work. But yeah, I just found that very, and I've blogged about this, and I'll put this in the in the, the show notes on it. Uh, I couldn't find anywhere else where people were running into this error with 2015. So again, put it out in the blog, so hopefully it'll help others. But I, it was really weird. The fact that this is the only app on this on my workstation that was running into that error. Unfortunately, nobody else at work has installed 2015 yet, um, so I couldn't see if they were having the same issue. But I just found that it's like you know, the very last thing I try before I send that hail mary email. So I am and, I am fascinated to know if this is a uh, yeah because. I've seen SSL issues. I mentioned this in your blog in a comment. I'd seen SSL issues in the past related to um, like when time, when clocks are out of date and things, but I'd never, I'd never right. seen what you were describing before. Right. And then, yeah, I'm wondering if it's possibly a, a like you, if there's something weird going on in the .NET framework there or something, but I don't know. But, yeah, that could be too, because that's the other thing that's unique in Visual Studio 2015 is I'm sure it's using .NET 4.6. So I, I'm going to have to do a test driver today or tomorrow, a um, little simple 4.6 app that uh, does a web connection to an HTTP resource that you know honors a proxy setting and see if I can repro it there as well. Um, but yeah, that those are the only two things that seem to be, you know, VS 2015 is the only 4.6 app and VS uh, 15 is the only thing running into this HTTPS when I've got this proxy. And the proxy script is long. Um, I've reported this to my our IT people. They're supposedly looking at the logs and stuff, but uh, they haven't found anything mm. yet. But yeah, it was just – I really hate that. Uh, you know, and I couldn't report it to them because, you know, this is the only app that's doing it mm-hmm. on the only machine in the building that's doing and it. And you are so. the MVP in the company that's responsible for it. <laughs> so exactly. kind of who would they ask that knew more about it than you did? 
Yeah. 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 That's so, I, no, it's interesting. Because I, I, the weird thing is, as well, you know, you know, when you hear people talking about bugs, and you think to yourself, "Yeah, that'll probably be a bug," because I know, I know that this area doesn't get exercised, sort of thing. I know that area gets exercised a lot in Microsoft. You know, like we're always using pro, like all the people on campus are using. I don't use a proxy server because I'm outside the campus, but people mm-hmm. on campus are always using proxy servers now. Um, I mean, and like, does your proxy server use NTLM authentication? Do you know? Is it authenticated? No. no? Uh, well, you know, yeah, I, even if calling it a proxy server may be doing a disservice because it's not the proxy server setting in the LAN connections, but it's the configuration yeah, it's, automatically. It's going to proxy.pack, but then the, when it loads a proxy.pack file down to the client and runs a bit of JavaScript Trouble. in there, then the yeah. bit of JavaScript which is telling it to go via a proxy. Is that right? Right, 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 right. So that's why I keep calling it a proxy. Uh, and, and, you know, piece of heck out of me. I, I I don't know. Hey, well, I, send, you know, a, when you when you, if you find an issue, do send me your proxy .pack file as well. I'd be interested in okay in what that is. But hey, we'll we'll move on. But they, they know it was uh, I was interested. Do you want me, do you want me to but, do a sponsor? Once, go, go ahead. Yeah, we'll do sponsors. But I do want to make sure that you know once I did update my WPF extended toolkit, which if you guys are using because they have a really good busy indicator and that kind of stuff, go get two five. Once I threw that into the app, I got it manually. I threw that in the app. The app just worked. Mm. It just compiled and it just worked. And I got the cool because it's a WPF app. Uh, they've demoed the the new profiling information, like the memory and the CPU and stuff. I'm actually trying. I fired yeah, that up. Good. Oh, it was awesome. I start the app, and all of a sudden, immediately, it starts profiling. I start seeing my memory usage. I can do the the snaps and the CPU usage, and uh, yeah, it just it, at that point again, it it just worked. And I, you know. Uh, saved the app in 2015, opened it back in in 2013, round tripping just worked. So uh, if you're worried about 2015 and its round tripping capabilities, and there's always caveats about, you know, what version of MVC you're using and that kind of stuff. But in general, um, A, installing 2015 on my sh- machine along with 2013, along with 2012, uh, has not broken anything. Uh, so the side-by-side seems to be working great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, doesn't mess up your uh, solution file uh, or anything like that. Yeah, no. So another win for round tripping. Cool. So let's talk about our sponsor. Yeah, I'll do it. Radio TFS, uh, was brought to you by episode 93, sorry, of Radio TFS brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's www.sasmadeeasy.com or email sales at sasmadeeasy. And uh, just to let Paul know, I paid my bill recently. I got it overdue because <laughs> my credit card had, uh, like, you know, I changed my credit card that it was done. So, yeah. Hey, Paul, I paid my bill for my service, so don't cut me off. And now back to the show. And uh, now um, we were talking, like you were talking last week with Angela about doing upgrades and things. And uh, Peter Geisen's done a couple of good blog posts around um, the doing doing upgrade from TFS 2010 all the way up to uh, TFS 2015, which is actually. I'm surprised at the number of people I'm talking to that are doing that jump. For some reason, uh-huh. like a lot of people skipped 2012 and 2013 had some people going to, but because uh, of the Git stuff kind of thing. But 2015 seems to be a version that people are wanting to jump to. 
Um, so yeah, so it's, it's a not uncommon upgrade and it's actually pretty amazing when you think about it, that that you can do that straight, you know, you can do that as one upgrade. So, um, Peter to walks you through the process. It, the process is basically you take your database, as Greg said, you do, you, you know, you take a database backup, you, you, you run the upgrade, you run the installer against the database and it goes and does some stuff. Um, but Peter shows you how to do backups and things like that. So the way you do it, Greg, is actually how I used to do upgrades when I was doing it all the time. But uh, my and the way I did backup was even more slapdash than you. I would do a proper backup from SQL, but then I would oh. um, I, <laughs> yeah, 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 I told you this. I I detached a hard drive out of my SCSI array, yeah. uh, my RAID yeah. array, and then, oh, that's right, yeah, 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 yeah. I just pulled the hard drive out of my RAID array, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I've got a backup. <laughs> it's like it was brilliant, and it, I only ever needed to go back to it once, and it worked. And this was back in like I don't know TFS twenty twenty thousand and five, like I don't know beta two to rtm or something it was the only time i needed it but um yeah it worked great and um it's it's good you know and you, you should it's, it's a good way of testing your you raid mirroring as well make sure that works it's brilliant works cheap so i in place works just fine and um peter talks you through that and then he also um he did the upgrade and it seems okay apart from around the reports uh, the report, mm-hmm. the reporting services, um, their data sources that in the reports had changed and it didn't agree with them in the reports themselves. And so he kind of had to go fix that up himself. Um, but, but that was showing up as a project creation error. So it's good to, after you've done the upgrade, it's good to do some stuff which really exercises your server. So, you know, check the SharePoint stuff's working, check the reports are working and then go create a new team project and make sure you're able to do that after you've done an upgrade and that'll that'll pretty thoroughly exercise your system to to spot any uh you know any um, misconfiguration issues that might have existed but you might otherwise not notice for a while cool and speaking of upgrading uh colin dembowski yeah dembowski uh talked about you know we've been talking about safe a lot uh when you do your upgrade your safe features if they don't exist in your template he talks about how to do that how to basically re-enable them because they're not necessarily depending on where you're upgrading from uh it may not be a new feature so that little wizard that would come up on the website hey there's some new capabilities you want to turn them on may not come on that that little wizard may not come on because uh, it's not really an upgrade they're just not visible in short he gives a uh, uh, both a script and the manual steps on, you know, if your epics have disappeared after you upgrade, here's how you do it. Mm. Here's how you turn them back on. Cool. Um, the, um, Clemens did a post. We talked a little bit a minute ago about um, branch policies. You know, it's a TFS 2015 mm-hmm. feature and uh, it's been in Visual Studio Online for a little while. Um, the oh, I'm saying it's a 2015. Anyway, the the branch policies stuff that's definitely in VSO. Um, the The uh, you can configure it to do all this clever stuff where it kind of, you know, limits what people can do and what people can push to which branches and things like that. But um, Clemens was talking about GitFlow, and we talked a while ago about Jakob's um, GitFlow extensions for Visual Studio. So GitFlow is is basically a way of a, a naming conventions for your local branches and how how you know branches should flow between each other, which is cool, and mm-hmm. we use it. Um, and Clemens was trying to use the GitFlow alongside a VSO branch policies and kind of explaining some problems he's running into and things like that and what basically the conclusion is that the the branch policies are set up with um, 
a pull request model of working. And this is kind of deliberate. You know, this is the way that the Visual Studio team and lots of the Microsoft teams work is they use uh, pull requests in Visual Studio on in Visual Studio Online to um, move code from one branch into another and can, can and control at at the server who has the ability to do that and you know what conditions are what conditions have to be met before that's possible um the reason why that's done there is um that the branch policies are kind of the closest thing to check-in policies i guess in in tf <laughs> right. terms and you there's no point executing them on the client you know you need to you need to be able to control at the server hey you know I need two people to to accept this pull request before it's ready, or you know these types of things that you want to do. Um, because Git is a distributed version control system, there, when you're doing points of control, you typically need to do them at the server. So that's why it's done there. Um, but yeah, so Clemens has an interesting post about if you want to combine Git flow with uh, with branch policies, and but it, the conclusion is basically use pull requests, or um, you know use all the naming conventions from Git flow, <laughs> but then do the merging do the, between branches as a pull request inside of VSO. So we've been talking about upgrading a lot. Mohammed Rodwan mm-hmm. has uh, released both a little command line tool as well as uh, a description of it to help you estimate your time for the migrating of your projects to VSO. Wow. You know, how long would it take approximately given a, a number of counts of change sets and changes and counts of files and work items and histories of work items and that kind of stuff. But he, but he gives a, uh, it just gives you, you know, kind of just an idea. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not a, it's not a complete guess. It's kind of like a ballpark estimate based on the volumes of data you have. Exactly. You know, it's like, is it an hour? Is it a day? Is it a week? Mm. And uh, yeah, it's nice. It shows it right in an Excel little Excel spreadsheet, and you can scan through and uh, take a look at it. So uh, yeah, I definitely want to thank him for for releasing that and giving that out to the community. That's awesome. That's really thanks, Mohammed. Um, speaking of, uh, just before we go into uh, going through some of the the stuff we've got in the show notes here, how did your? Um, I know you were going to dig into Git. We were just talking a bit there more about Git and things. How you were <laughs> you were investigating Git a bit and using it a bit more? Did you stop uh, kind or, of. Yeah. I haven't necessarily stopped. I haven't uh, the the project that I've got hosted there. I post. Uh, yeah, not really, not a lot. Okay, I was just wondering how it's going. as a hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, it's still my hobbyist projects, still my Channel Nine projects, and I'm using them on VSO in a uh, Git project there. So it's not really necessarily GitHub, but it's more just a Git on VSO. That's and, totally uh, the way to do. You know, private projects just have them. You know, only, mm-hmm. Like GitHub is good for for open source stuff. Right. But if you're just doing a play project, definitely use Git on VSO. That's that's what it's there for. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, our project, the Radio TFS project, is hosted on VSO in, in a Git project, and I've been making some. We have a little Windows app, uh, desktop app, to uh, help us produce the show and stuff. And I've done some commits and syncs there. So cool. Ooh. Yeah, sorry. I've used. Uh, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering how much of when, when, I, when I start talking about all this sort of stuff, how much, how much you and therefore the majority of our listeners glaze over, or if I should carry on talking about it. So there we go. Uh, it's yes, we do. <laughs> but the fact is, it it Git is is the shiny, and you know some of the concepts around it. it we have to learn it. We have to know it. I don't think it's going to go away. I, you know, we're not going to go back to central. You know, a server-based 
Oh, I think we'll always have some. I think we'll always, I think we'll always have some centralized control. But I think there's, we we will always be in a mixed world from now on, where there's distributed and centralized. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. In some cases, like at work, yeah, I'm not going to advocate Git. There's no reason for it. Yeah. But any open source project that you're going to get, it's going to very likely be GitHub. If not now, then then or Git in the future. So yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry, back to the normal show. Uh, we're, we're, we're one, one of the things we want to call out is that, you know, friend of the show, Anthony Borton's done a cool, it's I think just over 12 minutes, 12 minutes and eight seconds video, um, just doing end to end of DevOps in, you know, Visual Studio 2015. And, and DevOps is one of these words that gets like thrown around and people mean different things when they say it. So it's, it's good just to get an end to end, you know, cycle between developer and then the stuff running in operations and then getting that data back and things. And so it's definitely, you know, worth 12 minutes, eight seconds of your time to go watch Anthony's video for sure. It's really, it's really well produced as well. And it's on channel nine. On channel so, nine. Yeah, yep. can't, can't go wrong with that. Exactly. Um, the other thing too, Anthony did, and I, again, Anthony, I want to thank you for the email. As he's, and if you want to learn more about DevOps, you're better, you know, you want the actual training, uh-huh. uh, his, uh, ALM training, uh, core uh, area site the vsdevops.com.au I think it was over on AM training his website (laughs) in short there are uh, uh, Anthony has some uh, training that you can attend professional training to uh, get you going with DevOps it's hands on the usual kind of uh, great training yep and they do they do great stuff as well you know and Anthony done a few um like pre-cons and things at some of our big conferences and no, he's, he's very good. And, uh, his wife, Shane does, is like the, the, you know, runs a lot of the business and things and she's very good as well. So yeah, definitely give up. Is that whose picture is there on the page? Yeah. The very bottom. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 That's his wife. So she's cool. Um, force of nature as well. She gets stuff done. It's great. So. <laughs> and hello, Shane. I know you'll be listening now because I'm playing you this part. <laughs> We miss you. Come over to Ireland soon. Right. And, uh, the, um, one of the things I, what did I, was I going to mention? I mentioned about the, um, you know, a while ago, uh, so at build, mm-hmm. me and Phil Hack talked about the, uh, the GitHub extension for Visual Studio. So this is specifically for talking to GitHub. So typically, you know, a very common, workflow is maybe you're using tfs or visual studio to do like a private git repository which might be a mirror of an open source git repository um and you might you know if you want all the shiny shiny team explorer tooling for your you know your open source uh, git repository hosted in github or even a private one hosted in github enterprise you know and um you can the github guys have done a team explorer extension um which is really good um and supports all the like the two-factor authentication. If you if you want to do two-factor authentication in Visual Studio 2013, you have to go and get these secure tokens from the website and copy them in and blah blah blah. It's a bit of a faff, but no, it just works in in um, right. in, in with a 2015 integration. So it's cool. And uh, not only that, and it's sim shipped with Visual Studio 2015, which is awesome. And you know, the, the Andrea and and Phil have been working on it um, uh, extensively. The um, They've uh, shipped it all as an open source uh, library on GitHub. I was like, whoa, that's 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 circular. You know, I love it when it gets <laughs> like that. 
So for working with your open source projects, you can use an open source extension to Visual Studio to talk to GitHub. So that's that's cool. So even if you just want to know more about writing a Team Explorer extension, you know, um, if you're if you're working for a rival version control company to get to Microsoft and GitHub and want to do your own, then hey, go have a look at theirs because it's all open source. And uh, it was written, you know, the, the the guys at GitHub did a great job, but it was also the, you know, there's a lot of people in, in Microsoft who helped out of it as well. Um, so it's it's had a lot of reviews. So it's really 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 good code so go take a look nice and it's mit licensed too yeah it's completely permissively licensed you know it's just all goodness all right well you know it is alm ranger time and even though we've already talked about willie when we started the show let's end the show with a post from willie hey (laughs) uh and what he's got here is we've been talking about branching and, and and all these uh you know the workflows you know like git workflows and how does that work well, he's posted, uh, uh, was it six images here? It's cubicle art, big, large, uh, um, PNGs of the Git TFBC and Git overview, uh, Git workflows, the team system branching scenarios, a uh, picture of him in front of a tree, I think, you know, and some, uh, uh, clip art that you can use as well. So if you're looking for some really cool, like cubicle art, head over to the post. We'll have the links in the show notes. Um, and check them out because sometimes really it is much easier to see it here than read through four or 500 pages of how you're supposed to do it. You know, an image is worth 1K of words or so. Yeah, no, um, uh, Willie's diagrams are always worth printing out, you know, and getting put yeah. posters and things. They're very purple this year. <laughs> so get a new purple cartridge for your printer. But, uh, no, they're, uh, they're all, they're, he's always he's always done such a great job on this. So definitely, and he's been doing these posters for like a decade. I remember when he was in uh, still. Uh, well, he was an MVP. Before, yeah, yeah. Before, yeah. before he even moved to Canada, he was he was doing these. They were awesome. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember bl- blogging about him as well. Uh-huh. So cool. Well, my friend, that's a show. That's I a think... long show. Sorry about that. But there's a lot of news. I think absolutely. And. Um, why don't you do the the exit? Because I really did bad last time. I want to apologize to you, everybody. I could, you know, I hate listening to myself, and I could hear me breathing in every time. <sighs> Thank you for listening. <sighs> and it was in the notes, and I wasn't going to edit it. You know, we pretty much <laughs> do these quote unquote live. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we um, we you know we couldn't do the show without your listener feedback and things. So please do drop us a line, radio tfs at outlook dot com, or you can leave us a voicemail on four two five two three three eight three seven nine. Yeah, if you if anything you want us to talk about, you know, some show ideas. Obviously, we're doing uh, increased cadence to these shows, just like we're doing increased releases. So uh, we we need more ideas of what you want to talk about. So please do drop us a line at radio tfs at outlook dot com if you want us to. Uh, if there's anything in particular you want us to cover. So uh, thank you for your time and good to speak to you again, Greg. We'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS.